Happen podcast with your host, wellness expert, life strategist, and spiritual bestie, Tristan Noel LeClaire. Welcome to Making Magic Happen. I'm Tristan, and I am so happy that you are here today for episode four of this podcast. I'm going to put the little timestamp in the little breakdown show notes area um, right underneath where you press play on the podcast. So if you want to just jump straight ahead to the lesson today, go for it, my friend. Um, if you don't like hearing me talk about my little myself and my life and what's currently going on with my conscious uncoupling with my soon-to-be ex-husband, John, for all intents and purposes, husband John, um, go for it. Just jump right ahead. Look, but look down there. So I do want to give an update um, before the lesson. And the lesson today is on manifesting without feeling selfish or guilty about your manifestation, um, why or why not, or how to manifest back a specific person or relationship into your life and my views and thoughts on that. And also a little bit about the development and creation of your own alter ego and why that may serve you. And that is a topic I will be diving into quite a bit um, and on a very personal level as I'm going to be offering a workshop to you. So in the conscious uncoupling sphere, which um, the relationships that I'm kind of making virtually uh, based on this decision that I've made to share this journey with you guys, it's been pretty cool, Um, mainly because it's just any time that you can get confirmation from the universe that what you're thinking and feeling is not completely obtuse and... Uh, other people are going through the same thing as you. It's a really beautiful, lovely, lovely experience. So the fact that men and women are reaching out and saying, like, I'm going through this too, and I really have enjoyed your content, and I just like love your vibes and your confidence and everything that you're putting out there right now, it's feeding me and it's it's letting me know that like I can keep hitting the button and I can keep opening the door. And that's really exciting because every time I put something out there that I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know. And then I put it out there and it, and then I get feedback that it's what another person needs to hear. It's like God talking to me. It is God talking to me and I love it. Um, currently in Conscious Uncoupling, I'm going to give you like a high and a low and something I'm learning along the way. Um, 
and I think moving forward, this will be kind of a good way for me to kind of share what's going on in a concise manner. I think my low is that we're noticing, based on our current living situation, that we're noticing that it's a constant effort to remind ourselves that we're not Tristan and John, husband and wife. We're now Tristan and John, elevated humans, consciously making a decision every fucking day to be a better version of the person they were when they were married to each other. And that better version means that every choice I make and every decision I make and everything we do, it's all rooted in how is this best for them. Now, I'm kind of ashamed to say that we weren't doing this before. <laughs> and maybe that was our problem. Maybe, you guys, is it is it just that if you're in a successful marriage with children, um, no, I, I don't, I'm not going to put it out there because I don't believe that to be true. I think, yes, you are making a lot of choices based on what's best for the kids, obviously, but like you're still dating each other and you're still romantic and it's still about your connection with the other person. But for us right now and how our dynamic works, it seems to work the best when we pull ourselves back to the place of like what is best for them. Like how will this make them feel happiest and most secure? We can share, that is like our one area that we have in common. And so we share, if we share in that and we come from that place, like our home has good vibes and our family has good vibes. So like we kind of need to stay in that bubble um, in order not to fall back into old patterns and old shit. Because it's so easy, especially when you're still living with somebody, which everybody does when they decide they're gonna get a divorce. Maybe a lot of you move a lot faster, but everybody that I'm talking to, every single person that I'm talking to, it was a process to get out of the house and get into two houses. And right now, it's in, it's incredibly crazy because the way, like how expensive it is, especially in California, it's bananas. Um, so maneuvering this and not making it like a weird, cringy environment to live in, one, deciding to consciously couple helps because we're already deciding that we're a family and so like what does that look like but it's still so easy to fall into these old argument patterns um where you're calling and recalling things that the other person did while you were still actively trying to be husband and wife and then using it to support your current argument of like you do this and you're still doing this I'm like see you did this and it takes a lot of energy to to stop in the moment and be like those people don't exist anymore like it's completely pointless to bring up what that person used to do right now all we have is right now and um i'm i've actually i'm pretty impressed because i can especially one example comes to mind where it was john that stepped up and we were falling into an old pattern, like an old kind of argument pattern, and kind of starting to fight in front of the kids. And it was John who took a breath and said, we're not going to argue in front of the kids. And like came upstairs and we like talked and him like just saying that sentence in the moment, like snapped me out of where I was. And I was like, oh, like almost kind of like embarrassing, like, oh, it's 
it's him that's having to be the adult right now. It's him that's having to make this call. Um, and so I, I, I think if I, it, while I'm using this as my low, there is growth happening there. And the growth is that like, it's a constant effort to release old shit, but it's completely possible. And if you can get yourself in that moment to remember like who you are trying to be as a family right now and as friends right now, a couple right now, however you want to phrase it, is different than those people were. It's different. There was then and there is now. And if you can put that into practice, especially within the heat in the heat of the a moment when you're having a disagreement because they will happen this is like a crazy time when you're trying to figure out like what's our housing situation gonna look like what's our money gonna look like like where are the kids gonna be what's custody gonna look like like how far is too far for separate houses how are we gonna afford to do this like all of those kinds of things disagreements are gonna come up and all you have is is your consciousness to remind you that the version of yourself that you're trying to be is is not one that fights (laughs) it's one that goes hold up like if we can't figure this out right now we're going to figure it out later because obviously we're not in a place that we're going to come to a conclusion which we're both fond of and we feel both feel comfortable with um so yeah my low is that there's still arguments happening and it's really easy to fall back in old communication patterns. Um, but there's hope because you have the option in that moment to remind yourself of the goal, which is to make sure that your children are feeling loved and safe. And during this transition, they still feel loved and safe. And because you don't really know what's going on, they sure as hell don't really know what's going on. And all that you really can tell them right now and all that you really can show them right now is that mommy and daddy are united front. In fact, even when they're disagreeing, they're united in the fact of how they are going to choose to disagree. And my high is that my brother came to visit, surprisingly, on Thanksgiving, um, you know, just as the children were going to be put down, and uh, he was in the area, and he could he had, had the ability to stop by, and I was, like, pretty excited about that because we haven't seen each other in a while, and he hasn't seen the girls in a while, and, um, but it was cool because he's, like, the first family member out of our very small family to be around John and I, um, we haven't even had really close friends around us yet in this like new version of our relationship. Um, and so John like went upstairs to do something with the girls and like my brother kind of leans in and he's like, you guys are really good. And it was just because like our house is like positive vibes and we were having a good Thanksgiving. It was like literally just the four of us and like to be divorcing and to still be like with somebody but like genuinely like cool with them and enjoying a holiday with them and then to have another person who knows you knows like he's he's known me my entire existence 
And he's known us in our married relationship. And he's been around us when there's been tension and arguments and things like that. And I could see that he saw, like, this is better. (laughs) This is healthy. This is great. And again, it was confirmation that, you know, what we're doing is working. We're on the right path. So that was pretty cool. Um, I do talk about some stuff in this episode. I kind of do mention religion, specifically Christianity. And so something that I did want to, like a note I wanted to say before you listen is that, you know, I was Christian for my childhood and my teen years. And, um, while I do not identify necessarily as Christian now um, because in order to identify as a Christian you need to believe that Jesus Christ is the doorway to heaven basically to salvation I don't believe that because I think that uh, it's all the same God quite frankly so but I will say this I would never ever say that what somebody else believes is wrong. And I would never, even though I might not follow the Bible or believe that the Bible is relevant, because I believe that it's religious, you know, scripture that was written for people long ago, and there's current religious and spiritual scripture that's written for us now. Um, Or maybe, you know, you feel like, why are you going to that church? Why are you giving that church money? Like it, you know, you think it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to you. And you know, these, these people have to gather here to worship their God and, you know, tithe in this way or what we all, it's a religion is especially here and Christianity, especially here is a very tricky subject. Um, and I will say this and I, and if you are one of those people who kind of gets a little uncomfortable around people that are religious or Christian or follow or adhere to Catholic, you know, Catholicism or Judaism or whatever organized religion. And you just think organized religion is something. Um, this is what I'm going to encourage you to kind of think about and kind of feel. And if anything, I want, I want this to be one of my messages is that However, anybody can connect to God and feel close to God is the right way. (laughs) However that is. So if worship music and being around other people that like, like to experience fellowship in the same way that you do and, you know, they feel fed this that same way and you know if all getting together in that manner if that makes you feel connected to god like it's not wrong <laughs> i'm sorry it's not and i think if we kind of all looked at it that way then people of different religions different faiths um especially those that are non-religious and they kind of don't understand religion you know I think if you kind of look at it that way, it makes a little bit more sense. Because we're all just people. We're 
all we all just want to give love and receive love and feel that connection to that higher power and that's what um, organized religion does for a lot of people so I just want to make sure that I preface that before you listen in on the lesson today because I didn't want to make it sound like I wasn't supportive of um, Christianity because I actually got a lot from my Christian upbringing a lot and a lot of it was very positive. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy today's lesson. <laughs> I promise it's it's going to upswing from here. <laughs> enjoy. Okay, let's jump right in. So as you're beginning this journey and you're making the conscious decision to claim your current reality and you understand that you are the god of your universe you're the um producer of your own movie and this is your movie and you're the director and everybody else are just these little pieces that you can move around because this is your reality if you've especially if you've come from some kind of religious upbringing like christian upbringing or something and we're kind of taught as we are learning about Christianity and studying the Bible and things like that, um, what's known as God's will. And so <clears throat> a lot of times, sorry if I keep clearing my throat, I'm, I'm <laughs> fighting a sickness. Um, and as it was coming on, I did nothing to stop it. I just kind of released into it. So here we are. But I'm on the other side of it. I just kind of still sound a little sick. But anyways, with God's will. And so if something happens like negative in our life that we don't like, we say it's God's will. Or, you know, this is is a result of, you know, free choice. And there's evil in the world and, and things of that, things like that. And so through kind of saying that we release it and we release what power we have over it because we're saying God has dominion over this and God has power over this. But once we kind of start examining this side of spirituality and the spirituality that I talk about, we're taking responsibility because we're saying God is within us. Source is within us. We are one with the universe. We are all... We are all in, what is the word I'm thinking of? Um, cahoots. We're all working together, right? Um, and when I speak of source, God, universe, um, it's essentially all the same thing. To me, when I'm speaking directly or when I'm in prayer or manifestation and I'm trying to connect to source, I say God a lot. Uh, because for, for somebody who was raised Christian, God kind of almost like feels like a figure to me. But when I think about what God actually is, the term that most resonates with me and that you'll hear me say the most is source. Because when I think of source, I think of like a entity so large and powerful that it's bigger than the entire universe. And the universe is kind of 
at the will of Source. And Source sees everything about me and through me and inside of me and inside of my heart and inside of my head. And it's this infinite knowledge, this infinite intelligence, this infinite love that I am one with and I am have to make the effort to connect with, but not really. It's because of my own limited intelligence as a human being um, that I create this effort when Source is constantly there. Source is constantly at my fingertips. It's all around me. It's everything that's inside of me. It is, it is total divine love and intelligence. Like you can't even say what source is because my little brain can't even articulate what source is. That, that is God to me. Uh, there's certain things that we can't even express in words because they pale in comparison to the magnificence that is it. And that is source. That is God. That is the universe, right? So I like you saying universe when I'm talking about manifestation because I like the idea of like this energy, this this universe, like we're all working together. We're like all on this team. So I usually kind of feel like a group effort when I say universe. So it's like you 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 kind of start kind of identifying these terms and use what works for you. Um to me, God feels the smallest to me, but source feels the biggest and universe feels like I'm on a team, I guess, to kind of break it up. So um, I use the terms interchangeably, so just stay with me as we go. When you first start this journey and you're kind of thinking, okay, I do want to try to manifest something and I want to take ownership over the fact that everything around me is actually a manifestation. It's something I've already created and I'm willing to embrace that. I'm willing to accept that I am sick right now because I manifested it. I'm willing to accept that. Uh, I do remember having the thought, and I feel guilty for having this thought, but like, I just wanted to rest and I didn't want to go to the gym. And I had, you know, a fleeting inkling that, like, gosh, you know, I, I, I kind of just, like, want to be on the couch. And I just want to have to stay there, like, without any guilt or, like, something tugging at me that I need to accomplish and I need to get up and do. Like, I just have to... I have to sit there and I have to watch TV and I just have to heal <laughs> and be. I need something just to make me lay there and be. And while I got sick, um, I take responsibility. <laughs> I really do. And the more we can take responsibility for all the things that are happening in our life and then instead of saying seeing things as being good or bad, but seeing just everything as magnets that we're pulling towards us, uh, the easier it is to kind of feel powerful and feel in control of it. It's when we feel victimized by our current reality and our current circumstances that we feel like we have no power, right? So the opposite of that, of that is owning everything. Now, if I'm owning everything, then we can kind of waffle and kind of lean into this area of, am I going to make selfish choices regarding others? And that is why when we are actively, consciously creating, right, like 
putting our pen to paper or meditating on something or saying our affirmations and making something our truth, we always should, I'm not saying you have to, but we always should come with what is going to help everybody? What is working towards what is known as the greater good? So as I am manifesting something, my intention in my heart is always, if this is for the greater good, the greatest good of not just me, but of all. Uh, A lot of times, if you're trying to, if say you get fired from your job, or that's a, that's a really good example. You get fired from your job and it's time to look for a new job and you are going to raise your vibration because instead of feeling victimized by this situation because you just lost your job, you're going to instead say, I'm going to look for this new job. And then a better thought, I'm going to look for this new job. I'm going to find this new job. This new job is going to find me and it's going to be the same fulfillment or pay or whatever it is you were getting from your last position or something better. That is a key phrase, or something better. And as you're thinking, I want this or something better, new job, new house, new relationship, new whatever, this or something better, you're saying that with the knowledge that whatever is coming, whether it be that or something better, it is all with the intention of affecting everybody and everything for the best. Everybody's going to be affected the best by whatever outcome you're pulling towards you. So therefore, you don't need to feel selfish uh, or weird about anything that you want or you desire because that want and desire is inside of you for a reason. And you're also acknowledging that whatever is coming to you is not only the best for you, but it's the best for everybody involved. Everybody's winning. So I want this. I'm not going to feel bad for wanting this. And I also know that as I am manifesting this, I'm helping everybody else. Cool. Cool. I'm super stoked about this. Now, this is where we lean into kind of a fuzzy area about specific people. Now, manifesting back a specific person into your life or a specific relationship into your life, a specific love into your life, uh, it's really tempting. And I'm not saying you can't do it because you totally can. But I guess in my mind, what I always think about is Pet Cemetery, which if you're like a 90s kid, you probably hopefully remember Pet Cemetery, but you know, the worst thing imaginable happens and his the main character's son dies and then he buries him in Pet Cemetery and then the kid comes back to life. But when it comes back to life, it's like this weird zombie terrifying child, right? So it's not even like his son. Um, and it's like so tempting to do something like that because of course you'd want your child back. There's nothing more than you would. I'm like, I'm getting upset even thinking about it. I'm so emotional. Um, but it's like, you don't want to roll that dice because these are the consequences. 
I love this concept so much. I mean, I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan, but like, I think it's just a, an excellent concept. Love, love horror and sci-fi. So it's not that when you pull that person back to you, they're going to be a zombie, um, or they're going to be like a former shell of themselves. The problem is, is that what you could be pulling towards you is exactly who they were before. And what you need to recognize is you don't want that person. <laughs> you didn't stay in alignment with that person. That's why you're not still together. Something was afoot. Something was amiss. Either their heart for you changed or your heart for them changed and what you wanted changed. Whatever happened, you fell in alignment with them. You know what that is. I don't. What you want is you want to if you want that person back, you want a completely different version of themselves. And that person's going to have to evolve on their own. That person's going to have to change and shift on their own and become a different, completely different version of themselves. And you can't make that happen. You can fall back on them or something better in your manifestation. Like, it's so hard if your marriage is splitting up and say you, you're the person that doesn't want it to end and you're the person that wants to keep fighting and the other person is calling it. And so it could be very tempting to try to, to call back that person that you initially fell in love with. But that person doesn't exist anymore. The, the person that exists is right in front of you, the person that you're not in alignment with. So... Instead, what you have to do is you have to manifest and work on all the qualities you want in this person. Not your specific person. Maybe this person you haven't met with. This shadowy figure in your brain. What qualities does this person possess, this husband, this wife, this boyfriend, this girlfriend, whatever, uh, that I want that I am in alignment with, that I am worthy of, and um, that I desire. And you have to say, I want this or something better. And you have to say, your intention has to be for the greater good. So I would like this person to become these things, but if it doesn't happen, I understand and I will lean on the infinite intelligence of the universe that something better is coming to me. Ah, that is so exciting. That is so amazing. And while you might be filled with so much pain because you want that person to change and you want them to become all of these things that maybe they once were or all of these things that you know they are capable of being, you have to release and lean in to the idea that something better is coming. Maybe that person will shift. Maybe that person will change and become this new person that you now align with again. That would be fantastic. And if you're married and you really want this marriage to work out and you want to get back together, I sincerely hope it does. If you're single, you're kind of thinking with a small brain. You're thinking really small. There, there are a lot of fucking fish in the sea, my friend. There are a lot of people that want to love you and that are amazing human beings that are charming 
and attractive and they love the same things that you do and they're going to introduce you to things that you didn't even know you were interested in and they're going to help you expand your consciousness and they're going to show you a love that you've never felt before and in turn you're going to relearn how to love yourself and how to see yourself with these brand new eyes that this person is seeing you with like do not discount the gift that God has waiting for you because it is better than your small little brain could even possibly imagine. One of my favorite things that I love to tell myself is that the universe over delivers <laughs> because it's true. Think about it. Think about anything that you've ever wanted. If you can, if you can kind of crawl back in and remember what it's like to feel something and just have that, that, that awe of like, I can't believe this is mine. It doesn't even have to be a person. It could be a thing. But I can't do, what was that time that you remember thinking like, I can't believe this is mine? In that moment, the universe was over-delivering. Because you could not believe that something like that was yours and in existence in your life. And it was beyond your capacity at that time to imagine what it was. And the universe over-delivered. Gave you something even bigger, more spectacular, more loving, more beautiful than you had originally even intended to call to yourself. And that is what I want you to keep trying to pull towards you. Let's not settle. Let's not settle. That is not God's intention for us. We are here to do big things. Now, <clears throat> moving on. I know, isn't this uh, throat clearing? So sexy. I apologize. So, one of my favorite things to study is the placebo effect. Now, any any uh, nutritionist or fitness professional worth their salt, okay, follows case studies. And uh, this is how I spent a lot of my time um, when that was my main focus and my main career because I wanted to be the best. And I always feel like whatever you're going to do, you should try to be the best at it. So whatever you're like aligning yourself with, like this is me, I mean alignment in that capacity, not an energetic capacity, but you're like stating this is me, this is what I'm doing, three things, four things, whatever. Uh, you should try to be the best at that. And uh, I've, I've read hundreds and hundreds of case studies over supplements and food and exercise and things like that because I'm genuinely interested in it. It's a definitely a passion. Uh, but you know, you want to be able to give your clients the best. And one of the cool things about fitness and nutrition specifically is that there's constant new developments and things that we took as gospel in nutrition 13 years ago completely will be disproven, you know, eight years later. Uh, BCAs. <laughs> I mean, I used to drink like this goopy branched chain amino acid goop uh, 
after, after weightlifting, because I believe that that was going to help me put on like lean mass. And then I, you, you, they later discovered like, you're basically just chucking money because <laughs> the absorption rate isn't going to help you. It's nearly as much as like a, a shake would or anything like that. So it's like, you're wasting your money, basically taking BCAs, uh, for that reason. And then I would still put BCAs on my client's programs because, uh, it's like a sweet taste. There's no calories in it. They're getting their branched chain amino acids. So it's still help helping reparatively. Uh, but it wasn't for the reason that they thought that it was. It was more so to like, if I had somebody that, you know, had a sweet tooth or a sweet craving or things like that, it kind of was like a refreshing treat during the day, especially if it, they were a competitor or something like that. Um, but you have to constantly stay on this so that you stay educated. And one of the things that is constantly coming up in case studies are placebo, these placebo studies. And they are my favorite because they align with what it is that I study with, which is that we can penetrate this electromagnetic wall with our thoughts and kind of move matter around and create things that maybe didn't even exist before just with our thoughts. They just did this recent study where they gave people creatine, monohydrate, and they told them like, okay, you, you guys are, are taking this and they actually gave it to them. And then they had this other group of people, you guys are taking this and then they actually didn't give it to them. Right. And both, you know, in, increased their, their, uh, <laughs> their recovery rate and, uh, you know, their lean mass simply by telling them that they were taking the creatine. And you know, what's really funny is they did that with also anabolic steroids. They gave people anabolic steroids. They said, here's anabolic steroids, go lift, like, tell us how your strength increases. Here's anabolic steroids. Didn't give it to them. Tell us how your strength increases. Both people's strength increased equally. <laughs> Almost equally. It's like 2% off. Uh, 0.2% off. Um, with anabolic steroids, you guys. <laughs> so, I think if you are, if you are one of those people that's, you know, kind of struggling with understanding the power that your mind has, if you have time and you feel like geeking out, start looking at these like placebo case studies online because it's just evidence how powerful our minds are. Um, and another thing that I've been wanting to talk to you about are is this idea of becoming a human placebo, which is almost anybody that's done these huge transformations in their life. If you go back and you listen to interviews that they've done and things like that, what you kind of hear over and over and over again is I had to literally like kill the person that I was before and step in to this ideal vision of myself and start living that way and act like that other person didn't even exist anymore because if they did, I would fall back into those old habits. And then that's how I kind of got where I am now. Like huge weight loss transformations, body transformations. They have to, in their minds, 
murder that person and become this human placebo and act as if they are already that person. And even if it's just for an hour a day, that hour while they were in the gym, that or that hour while they're sitting there writing their book, they are becoming that other person. And this is something that's always fascinated me. And I've always, my ears have always kind of like perked up when I've heard about this because many years ago, I developed an alter ego uh, to kind of help me through these things that I was going through in my early 20s. And uh, I was an actress. I had, you know, moved to LA to become this actress. And I was single and I was trying to figure it all out. And I didn't, I like didn't understand the dating scene. I didn't understand like the attitude and the vibe. Um, I just felt like I couldn't survive. So I created someone who could. And her name is Monique Danger. And if you know me really, really well, <laughs> you know all about Monique and the trouble <laughs> that Monique has gotten into and the mountains that Monique has climbed that Tristan never could. And she is so much more confident than I should say she was. She was so much more confident than I was. She was so much more acutely aware of her body and her sexuality than I was. Mostly though, she just didn't give a fuck. And she had a lot of attitude and sass. And she could walk into a bar and she could have anybody buy her drinks and she could have the best time of her life. And she did. Um, I had a girlfriend in that I lived with in my twenties in Hollywood. And, um, we would do these like gorilla photo shoots. And it was like Monique who kind of taught me how to model because even just with something as like moving your body in a certain way, Tristan, no. Monique, yes. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all kind of started. And, um, I have these like amazing images from, you know, being with this, this girl who's still one of my best friends. And she was this amazing photographer of, you know, me, you know, leaning over, standing on top of a cop car or a taxi or in a dumpster or whatever. And people would see us doing these guerrilla photo shoots. And, uh, then we got hired to kind of be party starters and going around Hollywood and like getting the party started just with our vibe, just with our energy. Um, and Monique got into a lot of trouble, but she also got herself out of a lot of hard situations as well. And she was always kind of there to kind of bridge this gap between who I was, like who my heart is and who I was scared to be and who I wanted to be. And now I really feel like I've completely merged with Monique and this is years and years and years of creation and like diving into her and like, who is this person? Who is this, this other side of me that I want to be this alter ego. And now I feel confidently merged with her to where like, I don't even really need her anymore. 
and she was my placebo. She was the person that I could step into when I was too scared to really lean into the emotions and the desires that I was truly feeling. So it is cool to be on this side of it. Um, but as I'm working with these one-on-one clients, we've started building out this alter ego, this placebo, so that they can step into someone and confidently declare their desires without fear of judgment, without fear of self-judgment, which I think is like the biggest, the biggest piece here is like judging ourselves for what we really want and being afraid of what other people are going to see. And it's, for me, it's been so nice to just see people merge with that alter ego. And I'm so happy that I've had people willing to kind of beta test this with me. Um, and I want to bring this to you. So I'm going to be putting together a workshop about how to build out your own alter ego, step into your own placebo as you would, as you were, would, and to confidently declare what it is that your desires are and what it is that you want and who you want to be without that fear of judgment. So that will be my first um, official offering to you. So please stay posted because we got work to do, guys. We have some work to do. (sighs) I hope that you've enjoyed this information today. I hope that you're excited about what it is that you want to create and that you're beginning to feel that little tingle of power and the confidence that that God is on your side, the universe is on your side, and you are worthy of what you want and it is not selfish what what you desire, even if it is a specific person a specific love that you're trying to bring back into your life because you can want them. There's nothing wrong with wanting that person. But what you need to do is just trust that whatever the universe is bringing to you, as long as you're focusing on exactly what it is that you want, it might not be that person that's coming back to you, but it will be something better because why? The universe over delivers. All right. And so it is. This has been the Making Magic Happen podcast. To get more information on what you heard today or to book Tristan for coaching workshops or retreats, please visit www.mymindbodygoals.com or follow on Instagram at new underscore Tristanist.